Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Harry Chrissy and Tom Berezniak, who both work at Penn State Extension, which is a science-based educational organization run by Penn State University. Harry and Tom both played a key role in creating a broadband map for the state of Pennsylvania, a project that was initiated by the state's Public Utility Commission. We discuss why and how the state created their own broadband map, how it's being used to tackle Pennsylvania's digital divide, and what other states in the U.S. can learn from their work. Harry and Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Nicole. We appreciate being on here with you. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's my pleasure. So I learned about Pennsylvania's broadband map when I was writing about President Biden's nominee for FCC Commissioner Gigi Sohn, and I saw that she called it one of the best in the nation. So uh, with that kind of endorsement, I figured I had to track down the guys who made it uh, and hear more about how you did it and what the rest of the country can learn from you. So um, to start off, uh, Harry or Tom, one of you, uh, let me know how, first of all, what's your role? in how this map came about, and um, how did the project get started? The map was brought, uh, the question came to Penn State uh, from Joe. Uh, Joe Whitmer of Pennsylvania. Right, okay. Um, He was asking if we could help them visualize um, our broadband service in the state. He had been working with Tom, who had been working on broadband for years before I even got here. Um, So they were very familiar with the topic and I was not. I was just tasked with listening to their needs and creating a visual instrument according to what they said. Yeah, I would say that what happened in the meeting with uh, for the the Connect America Fund too, we had a, a meeting in State College in 2017. So we brought together all of the electric co ops at the time to talk about potentially pursuing the CAF2 money. Uh, we did have a, a big score there. One of the co-ops got 50 plus million in Tioga County. So we did have a success story there, but we obviously were working with Joe Whitmer and the PUC at that time. And I think we wish we would have done a little better in CAF2 and going into RDOF, he reached out and said, hey, I have an idea, perhaps with your skill set." you know, could we visualize this? Could we make this easier for stakeholders to say, hey, when you, when you have this big number, you know, that at that time it was 375 million maximum, I think. And now you're looking at 1 billion for the Commonwealth. So that's it. That number is so big, people just kind of can't comprehend what it means to them locally. And then I think the big advantage to the map was, hey, we can break this down by congressional district, state senate district, state house district, county and you can say this is really what's available here these are the stakeholders that need to know this you know and kind of be the impetus to get them to apply for it so i I think just harry's ability to help us put the map and build it all to joe's vision really Mm -hmm. and and what we were looking for was just a big advantage going into the art off auction Okay, gotcha. So, Harry, let me turn to you and ask how you actually developed the map, what kind of data goes into it, um, and and what does it show? What have you been able to find out about broadband in Pennsylvania that maybe differed from existing data that the FCC shows, for example? 
Okay, we usually uh, create GIS um, databases. So GIS is really just a database with a graphic user interface in the form of a map. We usually build these with demographic and socioeconomic data to identify where public resources could be of the most help. So we look at infrastructure, income, that sort of thing. And then when they came to me with these, with the idea of, of adding broadband infrastructure to the map, I really just needed to hear what they wanted to see. I'd get their feedback and, and add it to the map. We already had all the census data, all the income data, all the education data on our general database. So I was just pulling stuff from that and putting it onto the map. What it did do was, for one thing, what Tom just said is let our legislators know how much was at stake for each of their regions, and our county commissioners know as well, because um, we were just taking FCC data at the census block level on the 477 data and putting it on the map, and that is notoriously inaccurate data. Mm-hmm. We started to use um, some of the speed test data and got pushed back from industry. So it was really important for us to partner with industry as well. We didn't want to go into this with a conflict orientation. We were interested in collaborating with as many people as possible. And that paid off for us in the long run because we were able to get, um, for fiber files, we were able to get industry to provide their files to us to put on the map to show where their actual marketable fiber was. We were doing that anyway by using statistical centers of census blocks whether it was fiber service. So we could zoom out and you could basically see where the last mile fiber was and where the middle mile fiber was going from points on the map at census block level. But it was much more useful and uh, actually supportive, getting the support of the industry for us to work with them and get their actual data and put it on there. And we could say, hey man, we got a census block over here that needs support. Um, can you partner with the public entities and this art off money or whatever else is coming down the pipe to provide service there? Because that's what that federal money is for, actually. Okay. Wow. Um, so how is this map being used at the moment? What is it? What has it been able to um, enable as far as um, both identifying the digital divide in Pennsylvania and also getting projects started? Well, Tom and I have been doing presentations for county commissioners, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. showing them how to estimate the costs of if they were looking at fiber, what those costs would be, and sort of explaining some of the drawbacks of some of the other technologies, that sort of thing. And providers have been asking us to download our data. So I get a lot of requests to clip out certain counties for providers, and we do that to some degree. There's only so much we can do with the time that we have. We also help some of our providers for their with their Form 477 filings to show them which census blocks they had a presence in by using their um, lines, their shape files in, in other states. Um, so that was helpful for our uh, providers in Pennsylvania and other parts of the country, actually. We get about 100 hits a day on um, the map in general, but certain times of the month, seems like we get a whole lot more than that. And... Uh, with the measurement tools, we get sometimes a thousand hits um, with those. So people are trying to estimate what it's going to cost to provide services if they're using fiber. And honestly, I think Tom's on the same page with me. We'd really like to see fiber in our rural communities more. 
um, because yeah. it's already the new threshold is going to be 100 megs down, and um, that you know a lot of the other technologies are not going to be able to deliver what fiber delivers as we advance. Yeah, I think the map was used in that respect to take a look demographically at the county level. They can see poverty levels, they can see demographics by age group, and they can help to target that way. To Harry's point, a lot of these counties were still using CARES money and some other federal funding that was still available to them to maximize the return on investment and, and to build out, hopefully, a network that is not obsolete in five to 10 years, but you know, could stand 20, 30 years, like a fiber network. Gotcha. So how do you expect this map is going to um, be utilized or come in handy as far as the new money coming from uh, the infrastructure bill goes? I know that the FCC is intending to create their own map that is supposed to help determine where um, a lot of the funding goes, and also that states are to create their own plans. Uh, that help determine uh, whether or not they should be getting grants for additional underserved areas. Um, do you expect that the the map that Pennsylvania has and that individual states have um, will be sufficient for for the FCC and for the NTIA to in terms of determining um, underserved areas in Pennsylvania, or are they going to insist on using national data um, at the federal level? Well, well, I think, I don't know for sure how this will, will play out, but even if you look at RDOF, there were some census blocks deemed too high cost to even be eligible for RDOF. So it'll be interesting to see the eligibility and, and how they prioritize that, because one thing that is going to change is the federal speed under these NTIA guidelines are supposedly 100 down 20 up. If that becomes a definition of broadband, all of a sudden, vast parts of the Commonwealth are not considered having broadband. So there would be some consideration on urban building or doubling up on the funding. And we're not clear on this. There, there are six months to finalize the rules for the new spending. So I think that'll be an interesting thing to look at. And I, I would say we would probably go about the same process we did for RDOF. Once we know the rules and what's going into it, we can build this out to be a useful tool for anyone pursuing this funding. And, and that's kind of the path we took uh, for RDOF. I don't know if you want to expand on that, Harry. I do. Um, so that map, as it stands, is built on the FCD, FCC data. It's the same data that they're using. I just updated. It was released on the 28th of October. Our map is updated with the latest data that the FCC released. We are building... Um, so I, I ran a pilot last night. I got done at probably about 11 o'clock. Measurement tools into the map so that our county commissioners can estimate what it will cost to serve the places they'd like to serve most based on their individual needs, whether it's school children, school-age children, um, adults needing telemed, people over 65. We've been adding those layers um, and letting the local counties make the judgment causes according to their priorities. Because a lot of our rural counties have a lot of seniors. You know, that's, we, want them, we want them to make those decisions. But all of the data is public use data except for the structures, which are derived. Um, but we incorporate that into, that's for satellite imagery, but we incorporate that into the map for measurement purposes to show how many structures are here, how many structures are there, how many will be served for a mile, and what the cost per drop is for each of these census blocks. So that will be useful for their estimations. We're trying to... What we're focusing on is what you just said, 
what will be most useful for our community leaders to estimate the costs. So we don't want the money going to a whole bunch of, um, I, I hate to say this because consultants are great, but private consultants, we want it to use, be used for implementation. So we're trying to uh, clarify the ambiguities as much as we can now. So when we do need a consultant, it's for legitimate purposes, not just having those consultants contact us for the data anyhow. So we want everyone to understand. So these instructional sessions that Tom and I do with the commissioners, when we walk away, they're usually pretty clear on how to make those measurements. Okay, gotcha. So my final question for you guys before I let you go back to ending the digital divide uh, for good in Pennsylvania is uh, what can the rest of the country learn from what you did? What advice do you have for other states looking to create their own broadband map or even for the FCC as they embark on, on revamping the national map? Can I go first on this? This is a big deal to me, and it's a big deal to my boss, and, and actually I just think it'll be really useful. Penn State is very interested in developing a consortium between land-grant universities for research mapping. If we decide to do that, it would cost very, very little. We could house a national broadband map through the universities, through the land-grant, because that's part of our mission is to serve the public with our research. It would also enable our PhD candidates and postdocs uh, to do more research on this topic, broadband, and other topics. So we think it would be very useful to do that, and we're very willing to host that. So I needed that plug. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And Tom? Yeah, I would just say our case was to, to leverage expertise you might have in the state. It, it was wonderful working with Joe Whitmer at the PUC, his knowledge on all the FCC rules and regulations and everything that was coming out was immense. And he loved our technical expertise and the passion. And I will say every state has an extension service. Some folks don't really know that your land grant university does that. What's unique about us, we have a presence in every county. So there's an office in all 67 counties. So we're directly involved with the local communities. And this issue was top three in almost every rural community for the past five years, at least. We sort of knew this even before the pandemic, that this was a big deal, especially since we are the largest non-credit arm of Penn State University, and we increasingly do things through the website and virtually, so it, it helps in education and so many other things, but definitely finding those partners to work with you so you don't have to reinvent the wheel and, and leveraging the expertise was a big deal for us. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk to me. And thank you for all the awesome work you're doing for the people of Pennsylvania and um, for, for all of us, because I think every state has a lot to learn from you. So thanks a lot. Well, thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you again, Harry and Tom, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.